Welcome into Jags AM here in not so sunny, but beautiful England as we are presented by Jet Home Loans today. You guys, we're on location, not the Hyundai Studios, but Hyundai Studios on location. And it's pretty much as good as this is going to get for environments, It's at least in terms for practice. Right? Hanbury Studios. Sounds almost the Hanbury same. Hanbury Studios, yes. John, I know you don't like to be away from home, but we're doing okay, right? This is awesome. This is awesome. Look at this. We got positive John today. I'm excited. All right. Let's get into our big things right away. Big thing number one this week is going to be Josh Allen. And this week, Josh Allen can mean two different people because, as we know, we have our Josh Allen. And this week, we're going to be facing off against Bill's quarterback, Josh Allen. And... That will not be a light test because what we've seen from him the last couple of weeks, Brian, has been him at peak form. Well, you know, he threw the three interceptions on opening night against the Jets, and everyone said, well, there's Josh Allen. He's regressing. Since then, he's thrown eight touchdowns and one interception, completed 77% of his passes, and, oh, by the way, these Bills have scored 38, 37, and 41 points, or pardon me, 48 points for an average of 41 you name it, they're doing it well, especially on offense. And Josh Allen is playing like an MVP right now. Well, when he's right, he's as good as any quarterback in the league, including Mahomes, uh, mainly because he has that running ability where he can just run through guys. Uh, his issue over the years has been every once in a while he has a game, much like uh, week one, where you say, uh-oh, you know, there's that guy. Uh, it's, it's a very dangerous task, and uh, they need, again – for the Jaguars' Josh Allen to be the best Josh Allen on the field, which a couple of years ago he was. You know, there's there you can look at, at, at numbers. You know, 6'6", six, six, uh, 250 looks different on some people. This is a big – if you stand next to him on Sunday at any point, you will see he looks like an offensive tackle, right? I mean, he's not quite as heavy as an offensive tackle, but he's just massive. Broad shoulders, long arms. When he's in the pocket, he's very difficult to bring down. And more so than that, when he gets up a full head of steam, he's not scared to put his shoulder down and push through someone to get to the first down marker. He is as dangerous a quarterback as there is. John, are we going to see another example of the battle of the Josh Allens like we saw last time where our Josh Allen had a day? Well, you sure hope so. I mean, I got a question uh, a couple days ago about – you know, will the Jaguars use the same strategy that they do two years ago? Well, they're not going to want to use the nine-point game plan. Yeah, so, not going to hold those guys to six. Well, I don't think they're going to want to score nine either. So I don't think they'll use the offensive game plan. But if they can have a game plan where Josh Allen, Jaguars Josh Allen, is disruptive and somehow get the Bills' Josh Allen into one of those days where he forces something, where he just does stuff he doesn't want it to, that's what you want, and this Josh Allen – mean the Jaguars, uh, this year, there's no reason to think he's not going to play well right now. So I think there's a chance. You could absolutely see Josh Allen and Josh Allen, but I think it's more likely if the Jaguars win on Sunday that you see Trayvon Walker's name coming into it because they desperately need more pressure from him off the other edge. And, you know, while we're at it, the guy's pushing the pocket on Sunday could really help force him to step out and give them a better chance. But they really need Trayvon Walker to come through on Sunday because you know the Bills are going to slide the protection towards Josh Allen, knowing what he did to them two years ago and knowing what he did a week ago. Our big thing number two this week is going to be Cavalry because we've got some help coming back this week. Cam has been taken off of the suspension list, so he's back practicing. He could be available to play this week. Zay Jones is a potential possibility. Agnew's working his way back. When you look at that, is is that hopeful for us? I mean, I know things aren't going great on the offensive side of the ball right now, but some people are coming back. It's always better to have your guys than not have your guys. Um, And I do think uh, Cam Robinson, if he can play left tackle, uh, will matter. It it would enable them to move uh, Walker Little somewhere and 
help. Uh, everybody, when Cam was suspended, there was this overall feeling of, well, his contract might be up at the end of the season. Let's move Walker Little there. Don't worry about it. Maybe even Trey. You know, Brian, when guys are starters and five- or six-year starters in the NFL, they're that for a reason. Uh, Cam matters this offensive line on the field and off the field. Well, the reason the conversation about the salary cap came up is because he's got a $23 million cap figure next year, one of four players over $23 million, and they have to pay a quarterback, maybe a cornerback, maybe a pass rusher. So that's why that conversation came up. And honestly, the inside of the line has been so ineffective that they need Cam back so they can move Walker Little in. And I'm going to talk about that to a greater degree coming up with um, uh, this or that. So I'll talk more about the fact that you get Zay Jones potentially back this week. He's such a clutch guy for the quarterback, and we haven't seen him in a couple of weeks. He's always seemingly there when he needs them. And it's not just like the dump off. It's, oh, there's Zay 22 yards down the field on third and nine. And not having him the last two weeks, the offense has seemed a bit out of rhythm. Not that Zay Jones is the heartbeat of the offense, but he's more important that people give him credit for. We talk about Christian Kirk, Evan Engram, Calvin Ridley, uh, Travis Etienne. Zay Jones is no less important than any of them when you look at the overall flow of the offense. And I think it's big. One other guy, and I don't know that he's back this week, but we could hear today from the head coach that he is going to be activated to the uh, 21-day practice window is Juwan Smoot. Yeah. And we talked about the practice and the pass rush. Um, that would be an interesting one we'll have to find out this morning. Antonio Johnson's been practicing as well, so there's a lot of names of different people that will be coming back in the coming weeks, so that's something to keep an eye on for sure. Our final big thing today is second of four because it's the second of the four big AFC matchups that they have this season. Obviously, Kansas City was one of them, the Bills this week, and then we'll have Cincinnati and the Ravens a little bit later on in the season. And of the AFC elites, right, that's kind of where you measure yourself up against them. John, I know we'll go into a little bit of the Kansas City versus this game with the Bills, but it's always good to see where you're at against a team you know will be around in the playoffs. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think of the two games that they played in London, last week really mattered. Uh, I think that had more of a must-feel than this game Agreed. has. If you drop to 2-3, and three, you don't want to drop to 2-3, and three, but if you drop to 2-3, and three, uh, you've got the Colts next week, and you still fight. You, it's still within range if you drop this game. Uh, this is more of a of a measuring stick game. Uh, it's one of four or five. Don't forget Frisco's in there too. I know I know they're not in the AFC, but you oh, talk yeah, about a, a monster game. game. Uh, so this is one of those, and you would like to get it. Uh, if you don't get it, it's not the end of the world. Uh, don't love the chances that the Bills play well because the Bills are at such a high level right now. It's not knocking the Jaguars. Bills might be the best team in football right now. I think they are, which is why I think this is interesting, because with Kansas City, you know how they like to play, and you've been close. I mean, you can go back and look last November, last January, this game that we just saw in September, and now you get a completely different Bills team than this club has seen in a while. Two years ago, they were coming off of a big win in Kansas City on a Sunday night, and I thought we'd see that powerhouse Bills team. We didn't. I mean, for whatever reason, they were completely ineffective. They were totally flat that day. It was a 9-6 game. I expect that we're going to see on Sunday those Bills that put 48 points up against the Dolphins, that powerhouse football team. And I want to know how this team matches up. Sure, I think we will definitely see some of that on Sunday. Here on Jags AM, one of our sponsors, Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. Step up to luxury, fieldsauto.com. We'll be right back talking a little bit more about what's going on in the division in the AFC South. So we're back here 
on Jags AM this morning on location in London as the team prepares for their second game abroad as they'll take on the Buffalo Bills this week. But we're going to check in around the AFC South, see what everybody else is doing because everybody's tied at 2-2 two and two right now. So the playing field is up for grabs and, and the lead is up for grabs, I guess, depending on this week. We're going to start out with the Titans who just beat down on the Bengals, which I don't know if it says more about them or it says more about where the Bengals are at right now, if they're just falling apart or what's going on there. But it's it's crazy to this see This league it. is so interesting because two weeks ago, the Cleveland Browns just took apart the Titans. They couldn't do anything right, and they beat them 27-3. to then you go get a team that many consider to be a favorite in the AFC this year in Cincinnati, and they did everything right, and they beat them 27-3, to right? I mean, which team is it? I'll say this. They got a big game from Derrick Henry, which is what has powered them. It's made Ryan Tannehill so effective since he joined them in 2019. If they can continue to get that, we'll see the good Titans. On the days where he's bottled up, it's all on Tannehill and his arm, and, and they don't have the receivers necessarily to take over a game. But when the running game works, man, they're good. Yeah, and uh, it really is a week-to-week league. And in the AFC South, two long-standing NFL truths have come to be. Week-to-week league's one of them, and you just don't know what the league is until about five or six weeks yeah. in. Uh, are, are the Titans that team? I don't think we know yet. Uh, I've said all along, though, uh, count them out at your own peril. Under Mike Vrabel, this team always seems to have a three and one, two and two to start, and then they get it together. If they stay healthy, they're always dangerous. Out of the teams in the division, the Titans, to me, st- still feel like the team because of that element, and they know who they are. They always feel dangerous until they're eliminated. He's a veteran coach and a guy who always seems to have him ready to go. Always seems to find a way he does. Uh, elsewhere in the division, the Texans manhandled the Steelers, and again, the Texans are starting to show a little something maybe sooner than we expected yeah cj stroud is coming out of the gates like ben roethlisberger did right (laughs) only ben roethlisberger had jerome bettis and an excellent defense and they don't necessarily have all the weapons around so he's been really impressive and and very composed i still don't think he's thrown an interception which is remarkable for a rookie quarterback i think that that meltdown moment is probably coming uh but that's only you know based on a long-standing history in the league of it happening to every rookie quarterback although it didn't happen to Ben he won 11 games in a row so Stroud is either going to have his letdown or he's going to be Ben Roethlisberger which is not a good sign for the Jags in the division it means he's going to be really good for a long time yeah I think the Texans are okay I I, uh, I think the Jaguars played poorly against him so I think that gave the Texans a chance to look really good in Jacksonville not taking the victory away from him uh, but they looked really good in that game because the Jaguars look really bad. I sort of wonder um, if the Steelers aren't sort of, maybe they should be in the AFC South because they've been up and down and oh, up and down. Sh- yeah, so sh- I don't know if we can figure out yet what the Steelers are to say that the Texans are a power, uh, but they're sure not in that bottom five of the league that people thought they were beforehand. Um, they're more tough to figure for me than the Titans. I don't quite believe they're great. But they're better than we thought. Well, Tamika Ryan is getting a lot of credit in Houston. For, As he should. Yeah, for the job that he has done coaching. And he's got that defense playing better than their talent would seem to indicate. It's interesting because Mike Tomlin, who is as tough a tough guy as there is in the league, was all over his team post game and early this week about the fact that they got manhandled by the Texans. The Steelers are not used to being the team that is pushed all over the field, especially not with a big power back like Najee Harris. But teams have done it to them, and the Texans did on Sunday. 
very interesting, the people that were taking that quarterback in Pittsburgh over Trevor Lawrence right about now. We're going to check out the Colts. That's our final thing in the AFC South. They lost a close one in overtime to the Rams this week, and they're going to be the opponent we see when we head back to Jacksonville, and they look like they're putting some things together as well. Yeah, that feels like it's going to be a big game. I mean, it's it's uh, it's going to be a chance, no matter what happens on Sunday, for the Jaguars to get two games over division rivals. So it's going to be key. Uh, I think most people thought, Brian, before the season, that if you played Minshew over Anthony Richardson, it would give the Colts a better chance for the uh, short term. Uh, it would be interesting if if they win Sunday and they go into Jacksonville and if they can get to a certain number of wins – do they stick with Minshew, you know, uh, because they think they've got something right now, or do they go back to him? I have no idea the answer to that. Well, Richardson played last week against the uh, okay. the Rams. Well, then shows me I was over in London. Yeah, he played against the Rams and and he played well and got, and got them a chance to get back into the bowl game. So I imagine they'll they'll stay with him. What's interesting is if you go back to opening day, the Jaguars' offensive line played very poorly, inconsistently. Phil Rauscher would say. Uh, against that Colts defensive front, which is why they need to make some adjustments to the offensive line and get it right with Cam Robinson back. Because if you're going to beat the Colts, you're going to have to control the line of scrimmage. They didn't do a good job of that on opening day, and it'll be a measuring stick for the offensive line if they're ready to go and play them when we get back to Jacksonville. We're going to do some more offensive line talk when we come back here on Jags AM. Stay with us. we got this or that coming up after the break. Y'all boys good? Y'all look good, man. I'm great, baby. I'm great. Y'all look good, man. Let's finish it. Pistol formation. Play fake. Trevor rolling left. Fired. That's caught by Evan Ingram. He's got a 45 in the Falcons territory along the near sideline. Hey, wouldn't be a dog, bro. Wouldn't be a dog, bro. Hey, sit down, big fella. Sit down. Get your rest. Where the fight, man? Where the fight, bro? Where you step up? Where you step up all day, bro? That was big time, bro. Mic'd up for us this week in that game at Wembley Stadium. I found out we are 3-0 when Evan is mic'd up, so we should do that a little bit more, I think. <laughs> right. Put one on him permanently. Seems was that the Evan play where they were still singing Sweet Yes, Carolina. he talked about that. That was fantastic. It was so that funny. Was he was it. like, yeah, I knew they were coming to me, and I couldn't hear anything or the snap, so yeah. I just kind of ran. <laughs> I was like, the Brits love Sweet Caroline, bro. Oh, they sure do, I like which I didn't know outside of Boston, but apparently it's very popular here in the U.K. as well. Uh, so we're going to get to our Price.com this or that today. Brian, do you want to kick us off what's your this or that for well, us the Jaguars have a rare opportunity because you've got a starting left tackle who is coming off suspension you've got a, a left tackle who has started in his place who has played well and you've got a valuable reserve who is extremely close with this quarterback so do you make the wholesale changes I, I, I assume John like you have been saying that we're going to see Walker Little slide inside and Cam into the lineup but I'm saying because Luke Fortner has not played well this year he just hasn't and the the, the thought was he would get stronger and he hasn't because he's getting pushed at the line of scrimmage. And that is throwing off the timing of the offense, as far as I can tell. So I would make the wholesale change. I take Shiloh Shatley, who has played center here at a very high level for them when they have needed it, move him to center, put Walker Little in at left guard, and I would put Cam Robinson at left tackle. And I know you're going to say that the quarterback center thing is, is important, mm -hmm. continuity, all that. But Tyler Shatley is – he and Trevor are very tight. Right? They share the same agent. They share the same pastor. They share the same alum, uh, you know, alma mater. I mean, these guys are tight, and I think he's a calming factor 
for Trevor Lawrence. So I would go ahead and make the wholesale change. Yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't rule that out. I uh, I don't think we'll have a a great idea if that's going to happen or not. Maybe till game time. I think they you're right. Uh, I would not rule it out because of Shatley's strength, and they have gotten too much push on the interior. Um, I I don't think it would be a bad idea. The a counter argument against it would be, as you say, there is some continuity. Uh, not only with quarterback, but with offensive line calls that teams don't like to uh, change centers unless they have to. I think it's a fascinating storyline all season. I mean, all all week, week though, yeah. Brian. Great. I'm curious if Cam will get in immediately because there's still some speculation about whether he'll be ready to go. He's been around the team, but he hasn't been practicing yet, so I think he will be. But He wasn't in great shape in August, and they were unhappy with him. Uh, he needed to get – he needed to dial it in while he was away. From what I've heard – Right from people in the building last week is that he looks good. Okay, well we'll have. And to And my see. guess with Cam is he probably knew he wasn't going to need to be ready until now. Right. He's a veteran, knows how to get his body ready. Okay. I would guess that's the case. We'll see. That's what I've heard. All right, John. What's your this or that for us this week in terms of kind of a tough test? Well, tougher test. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, who you would think would would have been the toughest test of the season, being the defending Super Bowl champions, and they're brutally tough no matter what. Or the Buffalo Bills in Week Five. Uh, before the season, I think most people would have said the Chiefs. Uh, and this is nothing against the Chiefs, but when they came in, Brian, you remember Travis Kelsey wasn't quite up to speed. Uh, Chris Jones, they had great games, but they didn't feel like the Chiefs yet. Whatever the Bills are, they feel like the Bills. Let me tell you. So I think this it's it's hard to imagine the Jaguars this, this season facing a team coming in hotter. Uh, something you said earlier sort of triggered me thinking, uh, they had played the Chiefs, so they sort of knew what to expect. We sort of knew the matchups to watch. With the Bills, I don't think anything, I don't think anything that happened two years ago really it's matters this week. I have no idea what to expect. I do expect that this team, meaning the Jaguars, needs to score at least 28 to win this game, yeah. maybe more. more. You can see the defense holding them into the 20s. I don't know if they're going to hold them into the teens. So yeah. I think – we need to see the Jaguars' offense that we thought we were going to see this season. All right, so I think, I think it's by far, I think, Buffalo. Uh, and, and people will take this as an offense towards Kansas City. They don't mean it that way. They beat you with scheme. They beat you by putting wide receivers in the pattern that you can't possibly cover and a quarterback that you can't possibly stop. These guys just overpower you at the line of scrimmage. Um, you, you realize they're averaging 41 points a game the last three games, and the Jaguars have scored 42 points in the last three games. They're holding their opponents to only eight. This is a game of power, and they are just giving it to people. A, a number that I came across. Number one, we've talked about the Jags' red zone problems. The Jaguars have nine red zone possessions. They have four touchdowns and three field goals. Nine. They've scored one touchdown in their last six trips to the red zone since opening day. The Bills have 19, and they've scored 13 touchdowns and five field goals, and they're doing it with the power. So I say this is a much greater test. Yeah, Miami was the flavor of the week last season. I mean, uh, last well, like week. Kansas City, they seven. beat you with more guys than you can cover. But the Bills, I think, are only 11 points behind Miami in terms of total, in terms of total scoring this season. Uh, the Bills might be the flavor of the season. You know, we like said. I did their flavor of the week. It's TV yeah, stuff. Yeah, I like know. That. You're really good at it, too, John. I, I just want to point out, we talked earlier about how good a league it is week to week, and, and we talked about Tennessee giving up you know, winning 27-3 one week and then losing 27-3. How about this? The, the, the Dolphins score 70 and yeah. then give up 50. Yeah. Right? How good are you? Week to week. They're good, but are they as good as the Bills? I don't know. 
All right, my this or that this week is going to be part of the players returning. If, you know, we have at this point on Wednesday, we don't know if Cam is going to start this weekend. That's definitely a possibility. And then Zay Jones, from all accounts, was expected to possibly be available for this game against the Bills. So if you can only have one, which one would you rather have back first? And who's a bigger, you know, uh, has a bigger impact, I guess, right out of the gate? Cam or Zay? Um, It's tough because... As Brian said earlier in the show, Zay matters a lot, and I think he gets overlooked because they have so many receivers. Um, I'm going to go with Cam because the offensive line has been such a struggle. I don't know that I love the pick, but I think for this week I go with Cam, Brian. Well, I'm going to go with Cam as well, uh, you know, because Cam strengthens two positions at once, right? He strengthens left tackle, and he also strengthens left guard. And that's not a knock on the way that that, that, – Walker played left tackle. He played well. But you're bringing in a veteran guy, and he strengthens two positions at once. And so I'll say, Cam, though, if Zay plays, I mean, I expect him to make a couple of critical third-down catches. So it's 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 a toss-up. And that's really where they've missed him. I mean, yeah. Zay in the big moments. Uh, Trevor, everybody talks about the continuity and the timing that he has with Christian Kirk. It's not that far behind with Zay. Well, the, the catch he made on that on that drive to set up the game tying field goal against Dallas last year, it was just so good. It was so indicative of how clutch he can be, and and I I want to see him back in the lineup as quick as possible. I know Trevor does. I'm going to be selfish. Hopefully, both of them will come back this week, and then we won't have to choose one or the other. All right, stay with us. We'll be right back. We'll preview the rest of the week here on Jags AM. And we acting like dead toys. Andy's coming. Andy's coming. Andy's coming. What a great read by Darius Williams. He literally jumps the route in front of the wide receiver, Drake London. This is the first interception that Darius Williams has had since going all the way back to November of 2020. And what a big moment to get it when his team needed it on the road at Wembley. And now they're having fun. Group celebrations in the end zone. Great job. In the locker room before we board the plane. No, I know. I remember that. I said, yeah, you said I got the hardest celebration. Yeah. Andy's coming in the room. Yeah. Turn around. We fall out. And to go right. That's boo-boo. I said, bro, no, it's not. It's for the kids. 1995 Toy Story. That's for the kids. Yeah, yeah. For the kids, guys. I told you, fun stuff. That was cool. Really I cool. I told you we were going to look into it, do our investigative powers, and we found out Zay is the one, originator of the Toy Story celebration idea. Evan Ingram, apparently not a fan, but it went over well with everybody else. How, so. I, how could you not be a fan after watching how good that Toy Story broadcast was? It was It was, it a was lot really fun. good. Yeah. It's pretty cool, and I love to see it. Anything different, anybody get everybody else engaged, and it's fun. Why not? Let's try it out a little bit more. You. You know, the reason they do the things is, is to grab the kids' attention, right? Sure. It's such a cluttered media world. Uh, I, my 18- and 19-year-old and were talking about it. So, cause of course, they grew up watching it. Yeah. So I know you said your son did too. Oh, no doubt. And what a cool thing for Zay to embrace it and make sure it happened and then not the defensive players to get into it. Uh, they really are a bunch of kids sometimes, yeah. and that's, that's pretty cool. Right. Pretty cool to see. All right, we're going to be here for the rest of the week in England. We've got a regular media day schedule, so we'll update you and – Get you ready for Sunday's game against the Bills throughout the week. We'll see you tomorrow on Jags AM.